You're listening to a Mango Languages podcast. Salam, moi, and welcome back, my fellow language teachers, to Adventures in Language. I'm your guide, Emily. In this episode, we're talking about how to equitably accommodate individual learner needs. To do that, I'll be addressing a common question that language teachers face when it comes to making language classes more accessible. And that's, how do I know whether a particular accommodation will be truly effective for a student's learning versus an unproductive crutch? And along the way, I'll be sharing key points that every language teacher should know, including best practices for granting accommodations and misconceptions about what accessible instruction is and isn't supposed to accomplish. And for those of you who might not know me yet, I'm Emily. I'm a linguist at Mango. I've got my PhD in linguistics and a passion for language learning, both as a student and as a teacher. To get us started, let me ask you this question. What comes to mind when you hear the word accessibility in the context of your language classroom? If you're like most teachers, the first thing to come to mind is accommodations for learners with disabilities. Well, that's certainly a big part of it. It's not the whole picture. That's why throughout this episode, I'll be unpacking the notion that accessibility is an issue relevant to students of all learning backgrounds and dispositions, not just students with documented disabilities. And I hope that you leave with some fun and easy ways to integrate different kinds of accommodations to your everyday class flow. Well, bandolichanche, let's get to it. Now, let's go back to that question that I asked earlier. How do you know whether a particular accommodation will be truly effective for a student's learning versus an unproductive or unfair crutch? The truth is that you can't always know. The real question is, which side do you want to err on, providing too many accommodations or too few? It's true, granting too many accommodations could potentially result in lowering the bar for your students. But on the flip side, granting too few could end up perpetuating unnecessary barriers to student learning. If you're like most teachers, you spend a fair amount of time and energy asking yourself how to balance granting individual student accommodations while also maintaining high expectations and a sense of fairness across the classroom. And if I had to bet, I'd venture to say that you've asked yourself at least one of the following questions at some point during your teaching career. Am I too lenient? Am I too strict? Am I properly discerning my students' needs? Is this student trying to take advantage of the system? Would providing an extension for one student be unfair to the others? Should undiagnosed anxiety count as a reason for granting an extension? Well, there is a lot of gray area. There are a couple helpful points to keep in mind, and I'm going to go over them with you right now. First, you shouldn't have to make all of these decisions on your own, unless you also happen to be a learning specialist, a medical health professional, or a trained therapist, you can't possibly diagnose and prescribe accommodations accurately for students. So don't expect yourself to have all of the answers or to solve all of the problems. Lean on the expertise and documentation that experts can provide within your school system, such as school policies, documented accommodation forms, and IEPs, or individualized education programs. In other words, trust the resources and expertise around you. Of course, there are a thousand and one little day-to-day -day decisions about learner needs that don't fall neatly within documented accommodations. For those, the main thing to remember is this. Accommodations are meant to level the playing field, not to lower expectations. So this requires looking at the definition for accommodations. 
So accommodations are modifications in the way tasks are presented that allow students with disabilities to complete the same assignments as other students. Accommodations in that regard are not meant to dumb down the content, give students an unfair advantage, or lower overall expectations. What they are meant to do is make it possible for students with diverse needs to access the learning content and show what they know without being impeded by unnecessary barriers. In fact, so-called neurotypical or abled students benefit from modification support all the time. The difference there is that the types of support they need, it could be tutoring, eyeglasses, study guides, tend to be seen as normal. Support for students with learning disabilities, though, are not all that different. For example, if a student has a documented challenge with their working memory, granting them time and a half on a test doesn't give them an unfair advantage. It actually levels the playing field. That's clearly different from unproductive accommodations, like routinely granting unnecessary extensions for a student who is taking advantage of your leniency. Now, we won't pretend that this is a clear-cut science. It's messy. But at the end of the day, remember this. Your northern star isn't, where should I set the bar for this student? But rather, how can I keep the bar where it is and help them meet it? Now, last thing, stay curious. Best practices change, school policies grow, and even supportive technology evolves. And speaking of supportive technology, if your students don't already use or have access to the Mango Languages app, check it out as a great classroom supplement. One really awesome thing about the Mango app is that it's ADA compliant. For example, we maintain adequate color contrast within the app, work with screen readers, including Apple VoiceOver and Android TalkBack, and we make sure our content is labeled with alt tags. To learn more about the Mango app yourself, check out our white paper, which is linked in the description of this episode. It outlines the app's unique features that can help offer an innovative entry point for learners of diverse needs. At the end of the day, the most important thing is to be intentional and reflective as a teacher and to show yourself some grace along the way. And if students should ever think that accommodations for others seem unfair, reflect on their perspective, hear them out, and also remind them that fair doesn't always mean the same. Now, at the beginning of the episode, I asked you what you think of when you hear the word accessibility in the context of your language classroom. Having now finished the episode, I hope that the next time you hear the word accessibility, it gets you thinking about learners of all different backgrounds, not just students with documented disabilities, because a classroom that is accessible for learners with disabilities is ultimately a better classroom for everyone. Well, my fellow language teachers, that is all for this episode of Adventures in Language. If you're new here and you'd like to make sure you're up to date on all of our awesome language teaching content, then come join the Mango Fam by subscribing to the podcast. And if you really loved it, give us a review and tell your friends. We appreciate you. And as always, if you have a question or an idea for an episode that you'd like to hear from us, let us know. We're always listening. Want to know what languages were used in today's episode? then make sure you check out the show notes in the description. Oh, and don't miss our next episode in this series, where we'll dive into how you can make your class optimally accessible to each of your students, while also avoiding teacher burnout. All that and more next time on Adventures in Language. Hedali, hey, hey, and I look forward to hanging out with you here next time. Bye. Bye.